Assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh from the podcast team at Qalam. We wanted to wish you a very blessed Ramadan. This month you can expect daily uploads that will include reflections, khatiras and khutbas all from our new campus Alhamdulillah. If you benefit from this content, please give generously at supportqalam.com. 100% of your donations goes towards the means of providing accessible Islamic knowledge to people around the world. Jazakumullah khairan for listening. Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah wa kafa wa salamun ala ibadihin ladhin astafa. Khususan ala sayyidi rusuli wa khatim al-anbiya. Wa ala alihi al-askiya wa ashabihi al-atqiya amma ba'd. For the previous two sessions we've been referring back and starting from ayah number 30 of surah Fussilat. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, إِنَّ الَّذِينَ قَالُوا رَبُّنَ اللَّهِ ثُمَّ اسْتَقَامُ That indeed those who say that their Lord is Allah, one. إِنَّ الَّذِينَ قَالُوا رَبُّنَ اللَّهِ They believe in one Allah. ثُمَّ اسْتَقَامُ And then they are committed to that claim. تَتَنَزَّلُ عَلَيْهِمُ الْمَلَائِكَةِ Angels descend upon them. أَلَّا تَخَافُوا وَلَا تَحْزَنُوا That you should not fear nor should you grieve. وَأَبِشِّرُوا بِالْجَنَّةِ الَّتِي كُنْتُمْ تُوَعَدُونَ And take glad tidings of a paradise that you have been promised. نَحْنُ أَوْلِيَاءُكُمْ فِي الْحَيَاةِ الدُّنْيَا وَفِي الْآخِرَةِ We are your friends, your companions, your allies in the life of this world, وَفِي الْآخِرَةِ and in the hereafter. وَلَكُمْ فِيهَا مَا تَشْتَهِي أَنفُسُكُمْ And in the hereafter you will get whatever you desire, whatever your heart wants. Allah will give it to you. وَلَكُمْ فِيهَا مَا تَدَّعُونَ And for you in the hereafter will be whatever you claim, whatever you ask for. نُزُلًا مِّنْ غَفُورٍ رَّحِيمٍ An honoring, a hosting from the all-merciful, the all-forgiving. نُزُلًا مِّنْ غَفُورٍ رَّحِيمٍ Just as we already discussed, that the essence of iman lies in sincerity. That when a person is sincere, they reach true iman. And the muqtada, the desire of iman, is that a person is sincere. Therefore, if you flip this around, what you see is, insincerity leads to disbelief. Just as sincerity leads to absolute pure belief, insincerity ultimately leads a person to disbelief. This is why Rasulullah said, مَن تَصَدَّقَ يُرَائِي فَقَدْ أَشْرَكَ وَمَن صَامَ يُرَائِي فَقَدْ أَشْرَكَ وَمَن صَلَّى يُرَائِي فَقَدْ أَشْرَكَ that when a person does a good deed and they're doing it to show off, to get someone else's attention, in that moment they have lost the reward of their good deed. And in, in addition to that, Nabi actually goes beyond that and says, فَقَدْ أَشْرَكْ That person has made partners with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The ulama, they make a distinction between shirk khafi and shirk jali. There are two types of shirk. Shirk jali is for a person to literally associate a second god with Allah. That takes them out of the folds of Islam. Shirk khafi, the lighter, more subtle form of shirk, is when you do something that was purely and only supposed to be for Allah, but now you've added someone else in the equation. That I'm doing it so someone else can see what young people, I believe, call fronting. That you're doing it so you can get someone else's attention, so you can make a point in front of someone. This is actually connected to 
Another disease of the heart that the ulama refer to as hubbul jah, the desire for fame. And this is why Imam Muhammad al-Ghazali in the Ihya Ulum al-Din hears both together in the same chapter. He says, Babu hubbil jahi The love for fame and showing off ostentation. The two are together. Because when a person gets into the fame game, when a person starts getting into the world of wanting people to love them and want to be liked and desired by people and get more followers and more numbers, more views, then they're willing to sacrifice their sincerity. They'll let it all go and they'll do what people want them to do for the views. They'll say what people want them to say for the views. What are people going to say? What are they going to think? I need more people to listen to me. I need more followers. This is a very dangerous place to be because when asked then to be firm on your principles, very few people are able to do so. Because by making partners with Allah, they've lost their loyalty to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This is why tahajjud and salah during the night hours is so important. So that during the day, no matter how many people you meet with, no matter how many people you interact with, and how much of that, that, that fame, love, that love for fame begins to taint your heart, when you stand up during the night, you rectify all of that. You make the correction that, Ya Allah, in reality, it's just about this. It's about me on the path to you, Ya Allah. I'm still working on this. During the day, it gets a little rough, but I'm back to this. We look at the world today, and it's all become about a few seconds of fame on social media. A person has an account and they begin to say, post things they have no business saying, no business posting. What for? For some fame. And unfortunately, this love for fame and showing off, it corrupts the most beautiful of deeds. Actions that were supposed to take you to Jannah. The Quran talks about salah as that thing that takes a person to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's paradise. Right? But on the other hand, we see as well that when riyah comes in, when showing off happens, the opposite occurs. That very same salah now goes against him. In one riwayah, Rasulullah says that when a person prays salah and they fulfill the haq of that salah by praying it calmly, with focus, they do the wudu properly, that salah after the prayer is over makes dua for that person. Right? Hafidhakallah kama hafidhtani. That may Allah preserve you just as you preserved me. And then Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam talks about the opposite person. Someone who rushes through his wudu, rushes through ruku', rushes through the sujood, right? ruku'aha wa sujoodaha wal fiha, May Allah waste you just as you wasted me. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala addresses this in Surah Ma'un. Musallin. Woe be to those who pray. That sounds like a very almost absurd statement. Why would there be Allah's curse or Allah's anger upon people that are praying? It should be on those that aren't praying. But the eye has not done. It continues. What's next? And then, They're showing off in their prayers. This is shaitan. This showing off is shaitan's key to get into the hearts of those that are very close to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Those that have actually made progress, this is how He gets to their hearts. Those that are actually doing the sajda, those that are doing the charity work, doing the charity work isn't enough. 
What shaitan can't be okay with that because that person will walk away with their reward. So he tells them, why don't you take a picture with you and these poor suckers and post it online and present yourself as Mother Teresa, the most generous human being alive. You'll get a lot of likes. People will say you're awesome. Do it. No regard for the people that you're standing with. You think they like having their pictures on the internet as needy individuals? Would you like that? If someone came and gave you a blanket because yours wasn't accessible for whatever reason, you think you would like for someone to take that picture and post it somewhere? For their two minutes of fame, you think it's okay to urinate on another person's dignity? But a, but a person that's caught in the business of fame, they don't care about other people. They're just obsessed with their own reputation. What happens to me? What comes out of it for me? People are studying knowledge rather than just sitting down and listening they're caught in the business of what? Taking the picture with some hashtag student of knowledge for life for, right? <laughs> People are at the Kaaba and, and Masjid al-Nabawi. You know, many scholars have written about, written about this issue. Now, I'm not against people taking pictures in Haramain al-Sharifain for the sake of memory. I think there's, there's a place for that. Someone's happy, they're there for a moment. They want to remember this, share it with their wife and children. There's a place and time for it. That picture doesn't need to be taken while you're actively doing tawaf. After your tawaf is done, after you've prayed your turaka, you're about to go to your hotel, you take 30 seconds, take a quick picture, then go. That makes some sense. But this whole idea of everything needs to be some casual pose where people are just standing in front of the Kaaba like this. Whoever came up with this pose was really weird, right? The pose of dua, showing the world that this man is really righteous. This person is super pious right now. This whole thing is a big disease of our time, unfortunately. We are losing the young and the elderly. Riya is entering into our deeds, and this is a disease that'll gut us out from within. When you show up on the Day of Judgment, all of those ibadat that you worked hard for, what I worry of, and Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam warns us of this, we won't find them on the Day of Judgment. The Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam tells us, the hadith in Sahih Muslim from Abu Huraira radiallahu an. Listen carefully. Because when I read this the first time, I thought there was some typo there. I thought there was some mistake when I read the first half of the hadith. I was young and I read it the first time in English translation and I said, no, this can't be right. The first three people to go to the fire of hell, scholar, martyr, and the one who gave charity. When I read this, I thought, that's not possible. These three dudes should be the first in line for, for Jannah. There's clearly a mistake here. How can these people be the first three people to go to paradise? They've done the good deed. But then Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam continues. And what does he say regarding that scholar? Anyone know? His knowledge wasn't for the sake of Allah, it was for other people. Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala tells him there's no reward for you today. What does he say too? That charitable person who gave that $10,000 check, about $100,000 check, that $1,000 check, you did it for people, there's no reward for you, out of here. What does it say to the mujahid who actually died in the battlefield? The person who walked away in the world as a shaheed. There's no shahada for you in the hereafter because you can't cheat Allah, Allah knows your intentions. You can fool other people because they don't know what's in your heart. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows. And just as yesterday we talked about, Ikhlas originates from a pure heart. Riyah corrupts that pure heart. And it destroys it. 
It eats it from within. It's like a disease that corrodes it, corrupts it. Imam Abu Hamid al-Ghazali, rahimahullah ta'ala, he points out how people manifest their riyah, their show-off, in different ways. He points out five things. Uh, so five things. Number one, he says, people, they, they kind of utilize their own body parts to show off. What that means is, when a person's walking, sometimes they'll, in order to portray that they're super humble and pious and in deep thought, they'll walk with their head hanging low. They'll, instead of walking with their shoulders broad, they lower their shoulders, lower their back like this, and they walk. So everyone thinks, man, this guy's super humble. Like, I can't imagine how humble this guy is. Omar radiallahu an, he saw a person once walking like this, with his head down like this, lowered down. So he said, لَيْسَ الْخُشُوعُ فِي الرِّقَابِ إِنَّمَا الْخُشُوعُ فِي الْقُلُوبِ He said, lift your head up. Walk straight. This whole piety is not in lowering your head. Piety is where? It's in the hearts of people. Right? Therefore, we have to be careful on the other side. As people that are watching, just because we see someone with their head lowered, we shouldn't jump to conclusions and assume they're showing off. Because remember, this whole thing of showing off and sincerity is a matter of what? The heart. So we shouldn't go around judging people on these matters. Unless you're a mentor or parent like Umar radiallahu anhu, it's a different story. But as an average person, you have to be careful to hold your tongue back. But as individuals, we have to be careful. The second thing that he points out is, which means that a person shows off through the way they carry themselves. For example, that a person doesn't groom their hair. They'll let their hair go wild. They'll let their beard grow really big and let it flake out without putting oil on it, without grooming it at all. Everyone sees their beard and they're like, that's taqwa right there. Look at this guy. He's so busy in sajda and ibadah that he doesn't even get a chance to comb his beard. Imagine what this guy is. So he says some people, they show off just through the way they carry themselves. Then he says, الثالث, That there are people who show off with their words. That for them, they use their words, or if I may say, their keyboards, their social media, their text messages, their telegram or WhatsApp or whatever it is, to, to portray to people, to project on people their wisdom and their piety. That I'm such a knowledgeable, wise person. So they're dropping their gems on the ummah. When in reality, that wisdom doesn't originate from a place of sincerity. The problem with this sort of preaching is that it falls on the ears of people, no change comes. Change comes when, when words originate from the heart because Allah then allows them to penetrate hearts. That's where change occurs. That's where people begin to think and something happens to their heart and they make niyyah. As for words, you'll find orators through the world. There will be people that you will see who will have millions of followers. I'm not objecting against anyone. I have no place or business doing that. But you might also find people who don't have those followers. But they're sincere people. Maybe their language is a little broken, but they speak from their heart. Some of the most profound people I met in my life were people who the world won't even know of their existence. That this person even existed. But yet their words, and we all know people like this. We've all met gems like this in the corners of the world, maybe in our own grandparents, maybe in our own family members. So there's that level of 
uh, showing off which occurs through words. The fourth, he says, al This is where a person shows off through their actions. Like a person who's showing off in prayer by making the prayer extra long. They know people are watching, so they do an extra long sujood. They know that people are watching, so when they're walking, they slow their pace down a little bit. So that it seems like this person is very elegant. This person is very mashallah. Imam Ghazali says, watch out for all of these things. And the last he says is that there is a level of showing off that occurs by external factors, kind of like a person goes to gatherings of knowledge, not really to seek knowledge, but so other people see them, and then they think, wow, this person is in gatherings of knowledge, so he must be really pious. You guys understand this? When you summarize this, when you look at this from all these different angles, what you see is there are different paths shaitan does to corrupt our deeds. Through our own body, through our words, through the way we carry ourselves, through our actions, and, we're, we're, and external factors. How we guard against all of this is to put ourselves in the dhikr of Allah, to humble ourselves before Allah, and to understand that everything in this world will perish. Everything in this world will perish, and only one being will remain. And what's that? Allah. Those deeds of yours will remain. As for deeds that you did for people, they will perish. They won't exist. You have to get your mind out of this rat race of the Western world of just constantly competing with other people for showing off. You don't need a new car, but you're getting one. Why? So people see what you pull up in when you come to the masjid. You don't need a new house. Your house is more than enough for you. We all know that. But we're still looking for that upgrade because we want to now be a part of this new neighborhood. We want to be a part of this new clique, this new society. I was once conducting a nikah and the bride's father was standing next to me and I needed a pen to fill out some paperwork. So I asked him, I said, Uncle, can I, may I borrow your pen? And I reached for his pen. I, I thought he wouldn't mind. I touched his pen. And he said to me, mm, don't touch this pen. This is a Mont Blanc. This is not one you write with. This is one you look at. $3,000 pen. He said, you don't, look at, you don't write with this pen. This pen, what do you do? You look at it. This was not meant to write with. This is a, show, uh, he didn't say this. This is my hashia. This is a, a, a symbol of social status. That's what it actually is. This is not a timepiece that you check what clock, you check what time it is. You would use a sequel for that, right? Use one of those calculator watches to check the time. This is a whole different deal. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protect us and preserve us. In a world of name brands, in a world of social media, in a world of people being consumed by narcissism, we've lost our sincerity and have all come into this race of showing off what brands we have, what that person has, what I have. You will lose your life in this race because there's no winning. Someone will always outdo you. There will be some idiot out there who will waste more money than you on whatever dumb thing that you just bought to show off. Right? As we say, there is no lack of idiots in this world. But there are very few sincere, mukhlis people. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make us from them. Wa sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Muhammad, assalamu alaykum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.